Morning, everybody. Um, just to say how nice it is to see so many people here in our church this morning. Um, so many visitors that have come to witness the baptisms, to say goodbye to Mark, to share in the fellowship that we have at this morning's service. Just a couple of sort of semi-health and safety, really. If we do need to empty the church in a hurry, there are doors at the back of the church that are open. There are also the doors behind that you came in. I'm not anticipating that we'll need to beat a hasty retreat. I'm a bit concerned, though, that we've covered up the clock. So now we have... (laughs) Need I say more? You know... (laughs) Mark's final sermon might just run and run. And one more health and safety. After the service, when you come down from the balcony, please, young people, we don't want anybody running around upstairs, round in in amongst the pews up there, just in case anybody trips and falls over. Okay, thank you. Good morning. As we meet to worship, some words from the Psalms. I have asked the Lord for one thing, one thing do I want, to live in the Lord's house all my life, to marvel there at his goodness, and to ask for his guidance. It's good that we can meet here today, that we can worship God, that we come together to live in the Lord's house, to marvel at his goodness, and to ask for his guidance. So let's stand and sing of what tells of God's goodness to us, and can it be that I should gain.
our praise, to sing of all that you have done, to proclaim the greatness of your name. For you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and we magnify your holy name. We worship you in all your splendor. We sing of how great you are. You are the one who was, who is, and who is to come. And we praise your wonderful name. As we meet here today, we do so glad that we can be in your house. Glad that we can marvel at your goodness. Expectant at the guidance you will offer to us as we hear your word. So bless us, we pray, as we worship you, as we adore you this morning, as we sing of the splendour of our King. Thank you. 
be in the darkness. But since you have become the Lord's people, you are in the light. So you must live like people who belong to the light. Oh Lord our God, we thank you that we who were once in darkness, we who were once separated from you, have been invited to relationship with you through your Son, Jesus Christ, who lived and died amongst us, whose sacrifice means that our sins are forgiven and that we can be with you, not just here today, but throughout our lives and for all eternity. We thank you for the light that we have that comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So today, here we are to worship you, our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. One of the things that we said we would do this morning, because we've forgotten a couple of times, and I'm not sure exactly who this affects at the minute, so, so listen carefully, please. If you've become a church member, and we haven't yet welcomed you into membership at a, uh, at a church service, then we'd love to do that this morning. Um, and I know at least one person who's here who's not been, but there may be one or two others. So, Pete, can I ask you, first of all, to set the... Uh, set us off going. Is there anyone else who we've missed out? Who's a Sheila? I know Peter's not here this morning. We, we'll pray for you anyway, but perhaps we'll, we'll wait until Peter's here as well, and then we'll do both of you at the same time. Is, is there anyone else we've missed? No. Excellent. Right, okay. Well, um, what we normally do is somebody comes into membership, or Peter's coming into membership under profession of faith. We, we baptised Peter here about last December, wasn't it? And Peter's recently become a church member as well. And um, you know, so it's great that, that you, can, you can do that. And uh, really, the only question, we've heard you give your um, confession of faith before, but the only other question that we want to ask you now, and the answer that I'm looking for is, I do. Just, uh, just warn you, there will be a lot of I do's this morning, I hope. Um, so the question we're going to ask you is, do you believe God has called you to this place to serve him while you are here in whatever way that he calls you to? I do. Pete, on behalf of all of us at Pershaw Baptist Church, it gives me great pleasure to welcome you into membership. May God really bless your time with us. And I know you're going to be doing a lot of work for the church over the coming years. So may God bless that and you richly in all that you do here through his strength and power. And uh, I just wonder if some of the deacons would like to gather around and pray for Pete now. And, uh, and as we do that, perhaps uh, we'll, we'll pray. We can all pray together. You may hear the words that we're saying. You may not. But whether you do or don't, just pray for Pete or for other people who you know who uh, are in membership here, who... Uh, people perhaps have been baptised today, you might want to offer up a quiet prayer for them as well at the same time. So, but we'll pray for, for Pete now. Father God, we thank you for Pete. We thank you for all that you have done in his life to this point, to bring him to this place. We pray your continued blessing on him, your anointing on him as he seeks to serve you in all that he does. We thank you for his faithfulness. 
And we pray that this time in the church will be a real blessing to him, that he will grow with you as he helps others of us here to grow. So we pray your blessing on him in the name of Christ. Father, hear our prayers, we pray, in the name of Christ. Amen. <coughs> during the Holiday Club, and during Soul Survivor, and I think since as well, there has been a song that has become quite popular with a number of actions and that's going to be done, I think, for us, that we can join in. Um, and I think a lot of the young people are going to come up and show us the actions. And it just speaks of God's creation, how God sends all that we need. So if the young people would like to come forward. <laughs>
you may have noticed that some of us were doing a particularly wonderful thing for Hat because Lucy, who's getting baptised today, does it in a particular way. Are you going to show us how you do it, Lucy? <laughs> she has hats that come all the way down to her neck, apparently. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Lucy. Um, that was just an excuse to get us up here. Um, we actually have something else we'd like to do, as he probably suspected, but never mind. Um, a while ago, Brenda had an idea, and then Pam and the children came out with all sorts of things that they'd like to say to Mark. Nice things. And then Mary put them to a song. So that's what we'd like to do for you now. And last week, some of you may have heard some noise. Not that. Um, and that was us practicing very, very hard. Thank you. Father God, as has just been reminded us through that song, Lord, we are aware that there is a time of change for the church ahead. We pray that as you have blessed the church so richly over many years, 
people here will continue to know your blessing. That as people come into this place, there will continue to be a real sense of your presence. That you have called everyone here. You have called everyone by name and you love each person by name. You love us as we are. And you call us to be your disciples. So I pray for the church that you will grant faithfulness, continued faithfulness, continued desire to work and to worship you and protection over everyone who comes into this place. That you will be glorified in all that happens, in all that's done. That you will be glorified in this place. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We take up our offering for God's work. If you're a visitor here and you have come unprepared, please don't worry. Please feel free to pass the plate by. It's particularly for our regular members amongst us. But we take up our offering now. Father, we thank you for all your good gifts to us. We pray now that as we give this, our money to you, we will use it wisely for your glory, for your kingdom. In the name of Christ. Amen. And the youngest groups are going to go to our junior church now. And they will be rejoining us a little bit later for baptisms. <laughs> if I'm not pushed over first... <laughs> Thank you. 
we've got a reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 34, and we're reading verses 29 to 35. Moses goes down from Mount Sinai. When Moses went down from Mount Sinai, carrying the Ten Commandments, his face was shining because he had been speaking with the Lord, but he did not know it. Aaron and all the people looked at Moses and saw that his face was shining and they were afraid to go near him. But Moses called them and Aaron and all the leaders of the community went to him and Moses spoke to them. After that, all the people of Israel gathered round him and Moses gave them all the laws that the law had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking to them, he covered his face with a veil. Whenever Moses went into the tent of the Lord's presence to speak to the Lord, he took the veil off. When he came out, he would tell the people of Israel everything that he had been commanded to say, and they would see that his face was shining. Then he would put the veil back on until the next time he went to speak to the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word to us. Your word that reveals who you are. Your word that teaches us. Your word that instructs us. We pray that for the young people who are out in their groups now, you will bless them as they think on your word. And we pray that for us in here, we too will be blessed as we think upon you. Today, may each of us who is here, who is present, feel the prompting of your spirit in our lives, revealing yourself to us. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. As many of you know, I like stories, and I usually like to start a sermon by telling a story. And there's, um, there's one, I, I keep a collection of them, and there's one that just has never seemed to fit in with anything. But I always thought that would be a good story to tell. And I'm still not sure it fits in with anything I'm going to say today, but I'm going to tell it in any case. It's about a, a young boy and his parents uh, from the Amish community. And uh, one day they were going into the city for the first time. And uh, they went in there and the little boy was just amazed by all that he saw. Things that he never could have imagined in his life. As he was going in, he was particularly fascinated by some silver doors that seemed to open and close every now and again. And he said to his dad, he said, Dad, what is this? They said, I don't know, son. And so what they decided to do is they decided that they were going to stay and watch for a little while. And as they did so, uh, a little old lady came along on her crutches, walking along. And as she got there, the doors opened and she went in. And then behind her, the doors closed again. And they watched in fascination as the numbers moved from one, two, three to four, and then stopped and then they went back down again from four, three, two, one. And the doors opened. And out came this beautiful young woman. <laughs> and the boy said, Dad, what on earth is it? 
And he said, I've no idea, but quick, go and get your mother. <laughs> I, I've still got to try and work out now how to link that in. I did have a think, and uh, I, I guess that maybe I could say it. Well, the main part of that story was a lift. And um, another sense in which you use the word lift is when you, uh, somebody gives you a lift to a certain place, which implies you're going on a journey. The uh, first sermon I ever preached in this church was on journeys. And uh, now it's the last service that I'm preaching. And of course, we're still going on a journey with God. I read earlier on, after we sang Light of the World, a verse from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. You, yourselves, used to be in the darkness... But since you have become the Lord's people, you are in the light. So you must live like people who belong to the light. A sense of journey there, of people who were once in darkness, moving to understand the light, and now living in the light of that light. The sense of journey that is going on. And we have this wonderful sense of journey this morning as we talk about baptism, as we see the symbolism of baptism. Because baptism is a sign of people who were once in darkness, who did not know the truth, accepting the truth in their lives, and having accepted it, living in the light, and promising through the waters of baptism to live their life in that light from now on. The symbolism of baptism is clear. The darkness of going down, of what we say is, and when we have flowers around here, and it's, it's below the ground, of going down into the grave, dying to the old way of life, and then being raised again to newness of life. That symbolism of moving from darkness to the place of light, where you can live in relationship with God, because all your sins have been taken away from you. Having done that, living in response to all that God has done. It's a journey. Life is a journey. It doesn't end this morning with baptism for those who are being baptised. It's the beginning. It's the next marker on that journey of living for God for life. Of going where God will send. Of doing whatever it is that God asks us to do. And as we think about that process of moving from darkness to light to response, I want to illustrate it through picking out a few things from the life of Moses. We read of Moses coming down from Mount Sinai, bringing the Ten Commandments and the light that there was on his face. But Moses had been on a journey, a journey that had lasted many years. Moses, you may remember, was born in difficult circumstances when uh, the king of Egypt had decreed that all baby boys would be killed because he was afraid of the strength and power of the Israelite nation. And uh, Moses was rescued by his mother who decided to hide him in, uh, amongst the reeds. And then what should come along, or who should come along, but one of the daughters of the king who found Moses and adopted him. And he was raised in King's house. And he lived there until the point where one day he saw an injustice. And in that injustice he felt his anger rising. And he ended up murdering an Egyptian slave driver who was persecuting some of the Israelite people. 
And he was chased away and he had to run and he lived for 40 years in the desert. Moses was on a journey. And there's so much I could pull out from the life of Moses, but even though there isn't a clock, I do feel somewhat constrained by time, so I'm not going to go through all of his journey. But there are three things that I want to pick up on Moses' life, about the journey that he was on, about his moving from darkness to light, and what it meant for him to live in the light of God, because I think that's very relevant for us today. And the first incident that I want to pick up on is that Moses has been going about his business for 40 years of being a shepherd in the wilderness. Just going around, doing that thing for his father-in-law. And then one day, something happens. Moses was taking care of the sheep and goats of his father-in-law Jethro. And he led the flock across the desert and came to Sinai, the holy mountain. Remember Sinai that we'll come back to later on. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him as a flame coming from the middle of a bush. You know, I love the way the New King James Version puts this, because it says, Moses turned aside from the path that he was on. There is a sense that if we're to be a people who are walking in the light of God, we need to be a people who will turn aside from the path that we are on. Because as we go about our daily lives, it's so easy for us to be so caught up in everything that's going on, everything that we need to do, that we do not turn aside and look to God. Moses could have been too busy that day to turn aside and to look to God. He might have ignored the message of the burning bush. He might have carried on walking, doing his shepherding thing. But he stopped. He turned and he met with God. Baptism is a sign of people who have stopped, who have thought about the lives that they're living, and they've turned aside and looked to God. But that's not just a challenge for people who are being baptised. That's a challenge for people who perhaps have never really thought very much about God. Perhaps you're in that situation this morning that you've never really considered the impact of God on your life. And today is a turning aside point. A turning aside to look at God, to hear what he's doing, to see something of God's love in action in this place. It's a turning aside moment, a time to reflect, a time to think on who God is and the difference that he makes to our lives. But perhaps you've been a Christian for many years, but it's easy for us to just get used to going on and on in that same direction, that same route. Today is a day for turning aside to look to God and say, this is the path that I've been on, but where do you want me to be? What is it that you want me to do? It's a turning aside moment. Reflected through baptism, reflected through wherever we are in our lives. Let's turn aside, see where God is, listen to what he is saying, and be determined to move in light of that. Of course, God has a job for people to do. The amazing truth is that the God who has made this world, the God who is all-powerful, all-loving, chooses us to be his agents here on earth. He calls us to work for him. 